Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast offering in-depth stories and discussion on things that involve the weather and climate and how they can impact your life and how to weatherproof your life as much as possible with the expertise of AccuWeather and others from around the world. I'm your host, Dean DeVore, and I welcome you into our second episode in our current series that focuses on winter. And as we hit the second weekend in December, holiday spirits are running higher. But then again, storms are starting to get more frequent and getting wintrier. And life continues to be centered more in our own living spaces than ever before. Today and this weekend in our first race of focus segment, we highlight those living spaces, especially homes, and get you thinking about some things that you should think about as the weather gets colder and the likelihood of those winter weather anomalies like snow and ice pushing farther south in the next few weeks. We'll talk with two experts about home prevention and improvement for these coldest months of the year. Then we'll check in with Brian Leda and this week's Geminid Meteor Shower as we get ready for that. And then expert senior meteorologist Dan Kutlowski will help us determine who may have the best view of those meteor showers and the latest information on this Midwest storm this weekend and maybe something brewing along the East Coast for next week. Friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. This pandemic of COVID-19 has forced many of us to spend much more time at home over the last nine months. And as a result of that time and use has pushed many of us to go into overdrive on home and gardening improvement. In fact, just this week, Lowe's announced that it expects its sales to be over 22% higher than they were last year, fueled by mostly home improvement spending. Scott Mosby has been hosting his home improvement show on our AccuWeather radio partner, KMOX, on Saturdays for about 25 years. With more than 30 years of experience in the construction business and teaching others about real estate and finance in those 30 years as well, Scott joins me today to give us some trusted advice from one of the most respected builders in his area to help us understand the problems we may encounter in the coming weeks and months in our area. Scott, you've been doing this for a while now, talking to folks on the weekends. And you mentioned to me as we were setting up the interview that one of the great and amazing things about it is that, you know, as you come into this as an expert and trying to help people, those people are actually helping you learning things. So just talk a little bit about that, uh, the experiences in hosting a show on KMOX Saturday mornings. Well, Dean, after 23 years, uh I realize we're all in this together. I'm a homeowner. All the listeners are homeowners or renters have some sort of a structure. We're all trying to figure this out every day. So whether my training or experience is different, there's always a new product. There's always a better way. And, you know, all the listeners, no one mind can be smarter than all the minds together. So it's it's really a benefit to me. One of the things that I find, it's uh, when, when I try to explain something to 
my version of the hardware guy. Remember when we were growing up, we had the, the guy, you go into the hardware store and he had the answer to everything. You know, I have this problem. Well, this is what you need to do. And he showed you how to do it and gave you the uh, things to do it with. You know, is, is it a little frustrating now? Because so people... I think it's harder for people to explain their problems, you know, you know, other than I've got a leak or this or that, you know, they're not necessarily understanding as much as going on with their house as maybe folks did 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Is that a fair observation? A little bit. It's uh, the access to a multitude of options and ideas, you know, Dr. Google, all of that. They come with more varied questions but I would say that on the most part, you know, the family of KMOX is a longtime listener, very loyal, likely listening to my show for a long time. So the shocking part of my, sh- my show is how smart the questions are. <laughs> I can tell how long they've been listening, what concepts, even from the length of time they've been listening, what the current building science topics are of the day. Right. You know, if they're asking me questions that are two years old or two months old, you know, this is a regular listener. This is a sharp radio listening crowd. So I'm I'm ever surprised and uh, proud of the KMOX listeners. Uh, so and and likewise, I've I've grown up in St. Louis, so I've worked on almost every type of home that a listener might call in with, Dean right. and. I can visualize what those pipes look like, where the wires are, how the house is built, what the roof is likely made of, what the soil is, what type of driveway streets and drainage they have or don't have. So, you know, it's it's great being a hometown boy because I really know exactly where they're coming from. If they tell me where they live, I know how their house is built. I find uh, forecasting for St. Louis challenging because uh, it's, well... You know, we know it as the gateway to the West, right? So, but I kind of call it the crossroads of meteorological influences. I mean, it, it really depends in St. Louis which way the wind is blowing, whether you, you're going to have colder or drier air or moisture. I find uh, like St. Louis, uh, you seem to hold on to drizzle and sprinkles a lot longer in St. Louis uh, than other places do as in an area's uh, systems clearing out, all those kinds of things. So, yeah, I understand that. It's it's an interesting place. It's also a place where I think you have problems with freeze-thaw as we get into winter. So as we kind of talk here about some of the things that we need to think about for winter, I, I think one of the problems I had just a few days ago, I wasn't thinking about the temperature or whatever, and I went to do something with the hose, and I realized uh, it had frozen, and I had messed up because it had frozen one of the nice uh, spigots that I had bought. So here we go. These are some of the things we got to start thinking about right now as uh, these uh, we're getting into the colder stretches of some things we need to do to get ready for our house for winter, maybe run over a few of those things that come to the top of your mind. Well, Dean, you you hit the top one right there. As we get in what I call these transitional months, and most of my radio show is directly related to the weather, the humidity, the dew point, you know, how much moisture is in the actual air, because as builders, historically, you know, the thought is, let's keep the water out. So we build the walls, exteriors very tight. Well, we forget to realize that the air is loaded with moisture. You know, we're in the convergence of how many rivers here in St. Louis? Four? Four, right? So, yeah, yeah we, we've we got, anyway, the dew point where that water changes from vapor, you know, to vapor, that all happens inside the wall cavity. So not only 
have, and that's why I say this building science thing, it is directly related to how much we understand as builders, what you do in the weather industry and dew point and how that relates to vapor drive. Yeah, that's the uh, one thing that I've I've really tried to start educating when I'm on the air, that number, because relative humidity doesn't tell the story. And we need to, to, to get people to understand the numbers of dew point and what's really humid and saturated and those kinds of things. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So other than a good thing to do right now, like uh, take out all the hoses, kind of drain that line uh, so that we don't keep water in a place that could freeze and expand and break pipes really near the spigot, right? Are those some of the things that we should be doing? Yeah. In St. Louis, we have copper pipes. We'll have uh, plastic pipes. We'll have iron pipes, galvanized pipes, even lead pipes. As those relate to the hose bibs, the spigots that come through the wall on the outside of the house, there are various types of those. But uh, some of the older faucets, uh, hose bibs, spigots, really the hose gets removed always as we wash the car, water the plants, water the lawn, whatever it is, as you'd mentioned, make sure to remove that hose so the water drains out of that spigot. But in some parts of St. Louis, iron pipe or even copper, 12 to two feet at 12 inches or two feet inside the wall may be a shutoff in the basement that gets turned off. And you have to remember to go to the outside faucet and open that faucet so the water drains Drains out. out, Otherwise, and remove the hose, because even if you drain, open the faucet up and the hose is left on, that water charge remains in that pipe and can freeze, expand and split. So some faucets turn off from the inside, drain to the outside. There's an antifreeze faucet or anti-siphon that has a little knob on the top. So it looks like a funny spigot on the outside. All that needs is for the hose to be removed. And that's uh, one thing that you can look at. And then the other thing I think the big is this time of year is preparing your house and identifying where the heat that you want to keep inside is escaping to the outside, just as we do in the summer, try to protect the, the cold air that we're generating with our air conditioning from going out into the hot. Uh, I, I get scared of weather stripping and that kind of stuff. Should I be? Is that something I can do myself? Uh, with some proper training, or is that something maybe I go to a handyman situation for? Well, weather stripping is a wise investment, very high return on 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 dollars. It's something you can do yourself. Again, there are dozens of different types. There's stick-on, there are V-strip that insert into a groove in the wood, there are magnetic, all these different types of weather strips. But as you block the air, Keep in mind, it's important to make sure you get a good checkup on any gas appliance you have. For example, tune up your furnace. Make sure that you're changing regularly the furnace filters. But as you tune up the furnace, make sure the flue, the draft, the carbon monoxide exhaust pipe out through the roof on the furnace and the water heater, make sure those are drafting securely because that leaky weather strip around that door and window is the healthy oxygen and makeup air that enters your home. And if it is not properly flue cleared, then you wind up with a higher carbon monoxide issue. So this little thing of going to the doctor and getting a general checkup for you and I is really important on a gas appliance. Now, uh, gas appliances, what about HVAC? Just normal, like I have, uh, you know, forced compressed air 
is that kind of stuff uh, is when you get the person in to do the checkup before uh, the winter, which I think is a really good idea on both sides to get a checkup, maybe right before the winter when you're going to heat and then the summer when you're going to cool. Are they going to check for those kinds of things in the, in their checkup? Uh, that's picking a good contractor. And always, um, I mean, just think of the simple things like mice, squirrels, raccoons, critters over the summer that might take up residency in that flue pipe in your chimney. Mm. So what you think is working may not. Having a general checkup for your furnace, generally, if the furnace doesn't draw and exhaust correctly, that will show up on their you know inspection list. But it's really important to make sure, as it relates to that weather strip question, that all the bad air is going out because if you start blocking the good air from coming in, that may be the good air literally keeping you alive. Right. I understand that. Yeah. Good so, point. So as we got into these um, blower door tests, energy audits, energy efficiency 20, 10 years ago, all of that was an aha moment and why I call it building science, because building the house ever tighter and tighter and tighter not only traps moisture in the wall cavities and creates rot and all kinds of mold and mildew and indoor air quality issues, it, it can rot out the structural wall, but indeed, it also has to do with just trapping and holding the energy. Well, if we hold too much of it, and we don't breathe the house. Breathe, if we don't right? get fresh yeah. air into the house. So in a lot of ways, many of these old leaky houses are the healthy parts balancing. They're not necessarily energy efficient. Right. And that's why we've evolved into the last couple of decades calling it building science because it's ever so related to, you know, the, the humidity, the dew point, the changing states, um, you know, high pressure, low pressure, what moves weather around for you drives moisture in and out of our wall cavities, which can be good or bad. So, yeah, all, all kinds of things. And I think, uh, honestly, and maybe some of this is now, and I just want to remind folks here on Everything Under the Sun, we're talking with Scott Mosby. He's uh, hosts Mosby Home Improvement. You can hear it from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time on our great radio station uh, partner, KMOX, 1120 a.m. Radio.com. Uh, and their app is another great way, which is kind of cool. You think about it. I mean, Scott, you're uh, and and I. I'm kind of a younger guy to know this, but, you know, back in the day, listening to all these great radio stations, you know, at night, you could hear all these big radio stations all over the country. But now it's even better because I can hear any radio station in the world, basically, by just saying to Alexa or Google one of these things to to listen to KMOX. So if you want to tune in from 11 to 2. But Scott, um, you know... I think one of the things as we get into this next couple of months, um, I think some people were really doing a lot of uh, home improvement over this last several months, uh, in the, especially during the pandemic over the summer and fall. Are there some things now uh, that we can do while you think, oh, it's winter, I can't really do much home improvement? What are a few things that we might want to think about tackling here this winter indoors in terms of home improvement, where we've been focusing on the outdoors during the summer and the fall? Well, Dean, the simple things, always the simple things, low-hanging fruit. Uh, there has been a whole lot of do-it-yourself and professional remodeling. Uh, inspect what you expect. If you, For example, on that furnace tune-up, if you expect that furnace flue to exhaust correctly, have it checked, make sure it works to a fireplace. Um, just, you know, open the damper, look up and see if everything looks okay. Have that checked perhaps by a, a reputable chimney sweep. But things around your weather stripping 
windows, window locks. And where I'm really going here is safety is always number one, which means deadbolts as freezing concrete outside as the soil freezes, temperatures drop, that concrete stoop, the under part of the door, the threshold literally pushes up against the bottom of the door. So make sure the doors and windows operate freely, your deadbolts, your latches, the locks, uh, do those little alignments. Uh, and if you can't, generally those are do-it-yourself friendly items. And if not, find somebody, but make sure you can always get in the house and out of the house uh, safely because that, you know, in the event of a fire or something uh, important like that, not only do we need those caregivers to come into our homes, we need the dog on doors to work and the windows to be able to open if we have to flee in a fire event. And then I think the other important thing is, and I, and I think I can help with that, especially on the, the weather forecast, is kind of staying ahead of when we need to be extra vigilant about things that could happen. Um, uh, ice storms and and getting damaged from uh, from accretion of ice, uh, which is a, a St. Louis problem, more so than maybe heavy snow at times, right? And then also a lot of wind damage that uh, if you know on the front end, especially now we've got all kinds of... Uh, things out. Uh, people have decorations for the holidays and stuff. If you know that we're going to get a gusty windstorm, just make sure that you're, you're thinking ahead of those kinds of things. Keep up to date on the forecast and plan ahead, right? Yes. Uh, and even to that point, you know, smoke detectors. If you think a smoke detector is working, test it. Change the batteries every spring and fall. But it, it, like you mentioned, it's it just very important to stay on top of things for example, if we have a windstorm and all those beautiful Christmas decorations are out there, hopefully they've been really secured properly. You know, as it relates to our building uh, industry, you know, we're now aware of seismic events. You know, we right. live, you know, right in the middle of the country, New Madrid Fault. So, you know, a seismic event, then you get weather, wind. I mean, we get some really uh, powerful uh, storms year round. So I, I can't emphasize enough that and certainly the ice damming that occurs because you'd mentioned St. Louis was an odd weather pattern. Well, from a building science standpoint, we don't know if we're a cold climate or a warm climate. Yeah. Uh, for example, in our world, there's a, the building paper or the uh, moisture vapor control, or we would think of it as a vapor barrier, but it's actually a vapor control membrane. It goes on the warm side of the wall. So which so side do you put side. that in St. Louis, right? Yeah. I mean, is that in January where it's 10 degrees outside, we need it on the inside of the wall framing. Right. And then in the summer, we need it on the out. Well, you know, so which is it? So we're, we are very much a transitional, confused building climate as it is related to your direct weather uh, forecast and reporting. We're, we are directly uh, related to you. Well, I'll keep that in mind, too. But I, yeah, it's well, and as we're recording this, it's uh, pretty darn warm. St. Louis in the low to mid 60s for a couple of days before yeah. a cutter storm comes up and brings in some rain and then maybe a little back end snow. I don't think it just looks like that part of it's up in the Great Lakes themselves. But I'll tell you what, um, I definitely I want to do this again. Maybe as we get into spring with some things, um, Scott, I really, really enjoyed the time we spent together. Again, you can catch Scott on his Mosby Home Improvement Show, 11 to 2 p.m., 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time on Saturdays, KMOX, 1120 a.m. and Radio.com. Scott, thanks for spending time with me tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Always a pleasure. 
So now I'd like to take the conversation with Scott and kind of take it in a little bit of a different direction, because I think many times we know the things that we need to do, but we are not quite sure how to get the right people to do them. And I'm going to welcome into the program J.B. Sassano. He's president of Mr. Handyman International, part of the Neighborly family. J.B., welcome to the program. Uh, You know, we've been talking about winterizing and improving and getting ready for the winter. I think sometimes this uh, colder weather sneaks up on people. Now, we've already had some incursions of cold and snow in parts of the Great Lakes in the Northeast here so far here this uh, early part of winter. And I know I caught myself off guard that I went to not thinking the other day and went to do something with a hose and I thought, oh, it's frozen and I probably should get that out. You know, so there's things now, um, as we were talking about with Scott, uh, that we should be needing to do. And a lot of it's on water and really uh, insulation here uh, over the next uh, few months that we should be thinking about to, you know, save us time and really money down the road. Right. Yeah, you absolutely need to uh, make sure your small things, they will save you a lot of time and money down the road. And you're right. It really is that water piece of thing, anything that water can get into coming into winter, expand and cause more issues. Uh, you want to take care of those as well to make sure that whatever is bad now doesn't get worse. You know, one of the things I think uh, that we have trouble with is once we identify problems, how do we look at a situation and, and figure out the best people to call for that? I mean, you know, we're all so busy right now. I think a lot of us spent a little extra time through the beginning of this pandemic um, in the spring and certainly the summer, we knew that the the home repair places were extremely uh, busy, that people were doing a lot of projects and stuff. Sometimes that uh, slows down over the winter. But um, so who, you know, when you're getting ready to do some projects and it's something you're not quite sure about handling yourself, what are some things that we can do to, to make sure we're getting the right people to help on some of these projects? The one main thing we need to identify exactly what you're looking for. A lot of times you have wants and a lot of times you have desires. You got to figure out what you really want done today, what you really need done. And once you can identify that, then you can really kind of find the professional that's going to help you get that done. You know, for some of the bigger things of pipes and things like that, it may be a plumber. But for some of the other stuff around the house, most of it can be done by a handyman. When you're looking at uh, the people too, yeah, I, I think sometimes I'm I'm always scared that I'm going to hire somebody that may be, you know, more qualified or have more things and skills than I really need. I think that handyman, whether it's just the neighborhood handyman or kind of the handyman feel in in some of the companies that uh, you guys work with and, and represent, I think those are the, the the kinds of things we're going to these apps now that we can tackle and get things done. So um, uh, anything that you would want to look for in in the types of people and and the kinds of things that you would want to get into uh, the house to, to to try to help fix things. Yeah, a- absolutely. Want to make sure that they have a reputation, a good reputation, right? So. Feedback surveys and surveys out there on Google surveys, making sure they have enough of the surveys and read through the comments, making sure you're finding that they're reliable, that they're insured, that they show up, you know, they handle any kind of uh, concerns or issues from previous customers. Uh, I think that's probably a big one. And making sure, you know, when you do vet those folks, that you have a conversation with them and ask for some references. You know, it's really easy to get caught up and I need something done now. But this is kind of a really a personal thing because a lot of times you're bringing these folks into places that friends don't even go into, right? You may go right. into a bedroom or a bathroom. Yeah, especially in this time of year, too, where we're always cautious about who's coming into close contact with us in, in, in this uh, 2020 situation. I think the biggest thing I, I see in this is the need to kind of keep track of things and keep lists. Um, 
you know, we can be reactionary about things, the, the things that happen after the cause or after the fact. But if we kind of keep our, our, our head around some things and know some things are, you know, I know that faucet is leaking, right? I know this is, I know that draft is coming through. We keep ahead of that stuff. Uh, it, it helps uh, then to remember that stuff when we actually get the person there to, to fix it and work with it, right? Yeah, this should be an ongoing maintenance list that you do summer and then right before winter to make sure you're getting ready for each of the different seasons. All different seasons have things you should be keeping an eye on. So you should always be checking your gutters to make sure they're clean and that the water's flowing, right? That's probably one of the biggest things because once things start to ice up and they get backed up and they're not properly flowing away from the foundation, they can drip down into basements and get towards the foundation cause lots of major issues. A lot of preventative maintenance should be just regularly done. We're talking with J.B. Sassano, President, Mr. Handyman International. Um, you know, it is kind of exciting, J.B., to be in this time, you know, uh, your company, Neighborly, and all the others. I mean, this this opportunity to use technology to do things that, uh, you know, to communicate and schedule and those kinds of things, it's got to be actually kind of exciting and create more opportunities for people who want to help people by their skills of handyman. And then the people we all, I know Every day I think, oh, man, I wish I had a handyman at my disposal, just like that, right? So this is an exciting time, I guess, in that regard, where we're able to kind of match the problem with the people that are that are going to help you fix it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly one of the great things about being a part of Navy is all our brains are, are that way. They have all their own systems set up to or you can engage the consumer when the consumer wants to engage. One of the better parts of it, also all of our franchisees have their own team members. That's one of the things some of the other lead aggregators like Angie's List and Home Advisors, uh, they don't have their own people. They have to go out and find a subcontractor to do the work. All our franchisees have their own employees that do our work. So, JB, just tell me a little bit about those vast varieties of all the different kinds of things that uh, the neighborly folks and and everything can do. Just give me some of the ideas of uh, because sometimes I think it's just in hearing those ideas of what can be done. Oh, that's something that I need done. Yeah, we have lots of different service professionals in our portfolio of neighborly. We have a plumbing, we have electrical, we have uh, mitigation companies, we have maid services, we have uh, home inspection services. So anything pretty much you need that's under the house, we can help you with that, right, from a service standpoint. That's one great thing about being in the neighborhood portfolio, we can take care of anything that you need around the house. So not only from the actual execution of the repair, but the planning and maybe the insurance and all that kinds of stuff. It's kind of a one-stop situation for everything that's involved in repairing damage from a storm or or just anything else. Pretty good stuff. JB, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Hey, thanks so much, Dean. I appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. You can find out more about Neighborly's community of home service experts at their website, neighborlybrands.com. That's neighborlybrands.com. And again, if you'd like to check out Scott Mosby on KMOX, he's on uh, late morning into the early afternoons on Saturdays. You can check him out at uh, radio.com and look for KMOX and they've got the complete schedule and you can check in and listen online anywhere in the world. So look, we're going to change the focus from on the ground in our houses to up in the stars. You know, we had a great astronomy driven summer with lots of amazing celestial events. We've got some things coming up here in the winter. Brian Leda joins us about that. And you know, one of our real stars here at AccuWeather over the last 40 years, Dan Kalowski joins me. A little bittersweet interview when we talk about the weather for the coming weekend and the week beyond. You'll find out why it's a little bittersweet after this. This is everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com.
Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun here on this second episode of our winter series. I'm Dean DeVore. Thanks again to our guests talking about getting your house and uh, property ready as we make this turn into winter. Here at the end of Everything Under the Sun, we take a look at the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond. And we're going to do that with uh, a special guest coming up here in a few minutes. But before we get into the general weather, I wanted to take a quick moment to welcome back one of our Everything Under the Sun family members. You're part of the family now, Brian. Brian Leda is a meteorologist, a writer on AccuWeather.com. He's really the driving force in a lot of ways into our AccuWeather astronomy stuff. And as we get ready for this upcoming weekend, we've got an event that I know I remember as a kid, it was cold to be out. But I remember my dad would always say, hey, this is a good meteor shower. And we got one coming up this weekend, Brian. Uh, The Geminid meteor shower is going to be pretty impressive if you can get some clear air on Sunday night into early Monday morning. Yeah, and that's the trick, getting that clear air. This time of year, a lot of times with this shower, it peaks on a cloudy night just because the weather in December. But if you can go out and see the Geminid meteor shower, it peaks on Sunday night but it's going to be active all weekend long. So if the weather looks better earlier in the weekend, go out and look for it then. This is one of the best meteor showers of the entire year. Regularly, it produces over 100 meteors an hour. But this year in particular is a good year because it peaks on a moonless night. So if you can go to an area where there's no light pollution, you might be able to count up as many as 150 meteors per hour. That's pretty incredible. And then I think the other thing about that is because of now, you know, it's a catch 22. It's hard to get a lot of long, long stretches of clear air in the winter. But in the winter, we get when we do get clear air, it's pretty darn clear. I mean, it's very easy to see. And one of the things about this meteor shower, Brian, and you covered in that article that I just read on AccuWeather.com, people can go to here over the next uh, few days to kind of get in gear. This is this could be a multicolored situation in terms of some of these different um meteors having different colors. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So the Geminids are known for having different colors and that's because meteors, they're just little grains of sand and leftovers from comets. Uh, And as that enters the Earth's atmosphere, it burns up. And depending on what those little grains are made out of, they'll burn in different colors. Uh, So if you see, say, a purple meteor, that's because that little grain is made out of calcium. Uh, If you see a red meteor, that's associated with nitrogen and oxygen. So it all depends on the type of elements that comprise that little grain of dust that's creating that bright flash of light. Uh, So when you're looking for the meteors, definitely pay close attention to the colors that you see, and you can be able to pick out what precisely that meteor was made of. And also, I want to mention, too, this is one of the best meteor showers of the entire year for younger stargazers that have an earlier bedtime. It's one of the only major meteor showers that's active in the evening. Uh, So you'll start to be able to see meteors by eight or nine o'clock at night, as opposed to other meteor showers that are only active, say, two, three, four a.m. in the morning. Looks to me, Brian, as I'm looking at the early call here, the best chances for the clearest skies to me Sunday night are probably in the middle of the country, um, you know, from the uh, upper Great Lakes and down through the middle of the country to Texas. We'll see how a storm may be kind of taking shape along the Gulf Coast. But yeah, that, that would seem to be the best chances for that for me. But as you said, if you can get some glimpses, especially in the evening, even so even Saturday evening, and then will it extend into Monday evening, even if the peak is uh, Sunday evening? Yeah, there should be some 
uh, kind of lingering into Monday, uh, probably not as many on Sunday night. And, you know, with 150 meteors per hour, that's two or three a minute. Yep. So all you need are, you know, 10, 20 minutes of clear skies and you're good to go. So just wait for those breaks in the clouds and then go outside and uh, try to spot some meteors. Um, while we have you here, I, I know there's another thing that folks are pointing to as we get towards the end of the month, and it's the conjunction of two planets that are going to kind of create an effect that I guess some people are calling it the Christmas star. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so all year we've been touting Jupiter and Saturn. They've been side by side all summer long, all through the autumn. And even now, if you head outside in the evening, they're really close together. But on December 21st, they're going to be so close that it might look like one bright star. Uh, so close. In fact, if you held a dime out at arm's length, they would be closer to each other than the width of that dime. That's pretty impressive for uh, yeah, a conjunction. Yep. They don't come this close together all that often. Uh, the last time they were this close was 1623. Uh, wow. So it's kind of an unusually close event. And because it's so close to Christmas, some people are calling it the Christmas star, even though it's happening a couple evenings beforehand. Well, um, or we could call it the solstice star because that's right in line with the uh, winter solstice there on the 21st. Brian, always great to talk to you. Looking forward to trying to catch glimpses of the Geminids, and we'll take a look at that conjunction here towards the end of the month. Happy stargazing. So now let's take a look at where we may get a, a good view of the Geminids and even some of that Aurora action here as we go into the weekend. And as we normally do, we take a look at the weekend ahead and the week beyond in terms of the weather and bringing back special guests as expert senior meteorologist, our hurricane expert, Dan Kutlowski, as we are finally putting the end to, well, what is normally the official hurricane season here as we've moved into December and meteorological winter. Although who knows, right? It's 2020. And after such a busy year, something may spin up, although it seems like those uh, opportunities are lessening. Dan, uh, just Let's first uh, kind of pick up on what we were talking about with Brian. There's some things going on in the sky. There may be some auroras here as we head towards the weekend. And then the Geminids are going on. Uh, where uh, do we think are some of the best viewing conditions as we get later Saturday into Sunday in parts of the country? Right now, it looks like uh, probably the best uh, areas for viewing uh, anything right now are going to be probably uh, to get into the uh, southeastern United States, west of the uh, Appalachians, uh, you know, during Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, getting closer to the coast, especially as you go up into Charlotte. We're going to be dealing with a system down there, so maybe some clouds. The other place that may also be very good would be like in the Great Lakes area, uh, especially north of Chicago, Milwaukee, up through Minneapolis. And probably the westernmost portion of the Rockies, parts of Montana down to Utah, Arizona. If you get further west of there, we got a lot of clouds that are coming into Oregon and down to, even into Northern California. So, you know, pick your poison. But even in the Northeast here, basically from the Eastern Ohio Valley into Pennsylvania, we could have some decent uh, viewing conditions. The Geminides are kind of a, a freaky. A, a situation. Sometimes you'll see a lot of them. Some years you won't see a lot. You know, right? Uh, moon, the moon is is waning. So yeah, that's 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 what Brian brought up. That that was a big opportunity this year. That it was uh you know not much moonlight, and so uh, that they could be. And then sometimes they seem like they're colorful too, more so maybe than other times. You know, when you do get clear sky this year, right, or this time of year, it's really clear. It's really yeah. clean. It's really dry. So um, you know, if you can get that clearing. But yeah, you're right. This time of year, solar winter here in the northern hemisphere, in the heart of it, 
as we're just uh, less than two weeks away now from the solstice. Hard to get long stretches of clear air unless it's extremely, extremely cold. One of the things that we're watching for this weekend is this storm. So it seems like we've gone, we went cutter and then coastal. And then this one's another cutter where it's coming up and into the Great Lakes. It looks like this track is a little farther west. So right now our sights set on the probably the biggest snows as we get later Saturday into Sunday. I think just over the border of Illinois into Wisconsin up towards Milwaukee. And then there's going to be a pretty good strip in the northern half of the lower peninsula of of Michigan. But it looks like, you know, Chicago for this storm, mainly rain and just an awful rain. Right. Uh, as we yeah, get into yeah. Friday night, that wind coming in off the off the lake, you know, it's like 35, 40 with that Zephyr coming in off the lake and it's going to feel like the 20s and 30s. And then at some point during the day, Saturday, it starts to turn over. Um, it looks like any appreciable snow well north of Metro Detroit. So, yeah, I mean, even past places like Mount Pleasant, you got to go up in that interior part of the Upper Peninsula, up north, as they say. Yeah, the storm track is not an ideal storm track for snow in Chicago, but as you said, it's going to start as rain, but as the storm moves northeastward, it will be able to tap some colder air. So there it will, will be a changeover to wintry precipitation as we get into Saturday. But it looks like just as that happens, the storm is lifting out pretty quickly. So this does not look like a problematic storm for Chicago. You know, it's interesting. It's not too, you know, we sometimes say it's not too early to talk about the following weekend certainly it's maybe getting not to be too early to not talk about something that's the models are starting to hint at so after we get this cutter storm this weekend um temperatures start getting a little colder along the eastern side of things and it does look like the models want to spin up a storm along the coast and uh, the models now are getting a little a little rambunctious on trying to spin this up into more of a major storm along the eastern seaboard that could bring some snow inland spots, maybe, you know, central Pennsylvania up into interior parts of New England, certainly rain and wind along the coast. That could be an interesting thing to watch here as we evolve through the weekend into the early part of next week. Yeah, it is. I think, uh, yeah, this is probably the best opportunistic uh, system for the parts of the Southern Ohio Valley into uh, into especially western and central Pennsylvania for snowfall, even southern uh, New York State as well. Uh, the surface storm, at least on both the um, U.S. global model and the European, are very similar, which takes the storm on a magical track, you know, near Norfolk. That's mm-hmm. usually a pretty good track for for at least central Pennsylvania. But again, the degree of cold air and the exact track of the storm is going to be very critical as to who gets the most snow, but it probably will put down uh, quite a bit of snow. But again, we're talking about next week. We're talking, right. you know, it's kind of scary that the models are so kind of in tune with each other this far out on that kind of storm. The other yeah. storminess for the weekend is a later Saturday night, Sunday thing. You know, this was looking a little bit uh, maybe more intense, that specific Northwest storm with wind and rain along the coast and some uh, wintry weather in the higher elevations. But uh, some of the, the steam of that over the last uh, mile, the last couple of runs is down a little bit, but there will be some impact, especially um, not the pleasantest weather to be through here later Saturday night into Sunday in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and also, too, this system is going to help to bring a little bit of moisture down into Northern California. They actually may see a little bit of shower activity down to San Francisco, Sacramento. And of course, that area, they were under a fire alert a few days ago, which is extremely rare. For December, usually they've had one or two good rain events, which 
prevents uh, fires from forming, but they were under a high danger from fires a few days ago because of strong Diablo winds, but that's not going to be the case. They will see a little bit of precipitation with this, but any amount of precipitation is good. But that whole area, uh, northern and central California, way below normal right now, they should have gotten at least a half inch to maybe three quarters of an inch of rain by now. They haven't had hardly a drop of rain. When uh, we take a look at this, obviously, you know, we set all the records in terms of um, uh, numbers of, of storms, name storms and that kind of thing. Uh, I will want to spend some time with you here in the near future to kind of break down your thoughts of this uh, busy hurricane season. Uh, but I bring all this up because uh, actually, as this drops here this Friday morning, um, this is going to be the last full time day for Dan Kalowski with AccuWeather. That doesn't mean Dan's not going to keep with us. He's just going to kind of ease out a little bit into more part time work, still be involved in helping us uh, come up with our uh, tropical and hurricane forecast forecasts and so many other things. But my goodness, my friend, what, uh, over 40 years with this company now, right? Yeah, 44 years. I started October 1st, actually the end of uh, September of uh, 1996. And so uh, came out of Purdue. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's just, it's been a really, really fun ride. Met a lot of, a lot of forecasters through the years and worked with a lot of important people through the years as well. Uh, so I've had a lot of opportunities to work with some interesting people. Again, my, my forte used to be mostly just um, watching the tropics and TVs. Uh, that right, was Southeast my... TVs, especially Texas over to, to Florida. That's when I needed early on in my career, if I needed some help down there to understand something, I'd go to Dan Kalowski in that region for sure. And we had uh, a lot of clientele in the Plains and in the Midwest when right. I first started. So since I was from the Midwest, I kind of got thrown into those areas, you know. So uh, I used to be on radio in Chicago and mm -hmm. in a lot of different places. So, um, yeah, it's like I said, it's been a, a real, real fun time. And again, I'm going to, you know, cut down on the hours, but I'll still be mostly focused in the tropics, but probably a few other areas as well. Well, Dan, you know, like the, this company and I are about the same age, mid to upper fifties <laughs> in terms of years. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I know, um, Joel and Evan and those people hate when I say, well, I grew up listening to you and, but I, I the sentiment is with me, Dan is thank you so much for as somebody too, who kind of came into meteorology, maybe through a little different path uh, was more of a broadcaster first and then got the training. Um, you were always really supportive of uh, my endeavors in that. And, and I appreciate the times that you, you, you took to uh, kind of mentor me there. And uh, it's been a great uh, situation working with you. And, and I know like, we, you know, we've gone through this with Sobel and Elliot, you know, they don't, they don't actually leave. They just, just don't work nearly as hard or as much. And that's good because, you know, after 43 years, you deserve a little break, my friend. Thanks a lot. Those are, those are, you know, it's been a fun ride working with you too, Dean. You're, like I said, you've got a golden voice and hmm. uh, you've got also got a good brain on your head. You, you're, I always said that there's a lot of people that have this really understanding of the weather, uh, regardless of how much, you know, how much you don't need a PhD to understand the weather. That's, I've told people you need to have common sense. And uh, 
my friend, you've got great common sense. Well, I appreciate that. I think you need to also recognize pattern and just be observant, you know, just watch. I mean, just, I can't tell you how much I learn just every day sitting and watching the satellite and, and things and just kind of figuring out how the weather's going. And I think those are, I agree, some of the keys that make uh, folks a little bit better than others, but I appreciate everything. Dan, uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Good luck. And thanks for being with us here on Everything oh. Under the Sun. Okay, Dean. To no surprise, Dan's not resting on his laurels here. He is working uh, feverishly right to the uh, end of his uh, last full-time day here as this drops on Friday. So that was his messenger uh, that we have an internal messaging system going off. And so <laughs> that's what was going on there, friends. Uh, you know, Dan's dedication and certainly mirrored by all the amazing team members here at AccuWeather. And we're going to be working overtime. You want to certainly check in with us here at AccuWeather.com as you go through this weekend and this week ahead because it looks like the Midwest storm and then something's brewing along the coast, it looks like. We'll be watching that as we go through this upcoming weekend into early next week. So check in early and often to AccuWeather.com. We'll keep you up to date on everything else. Going into next week, we are getting closer to the holiday season. We're going to check back in with our friends at AAA Remember our conversation right before Thanksgiving in this not-so-normal holiday period that has uh, very little travel, it seems, in big, long destinations, but some local and regional travel. We'll talk about that going on here as we get into the holidays. And I've invited Dr. E to come back for a visit after a couple of weeks to kind of Talk about some things as we get ready for those holiday weeks coming up. Uh, anything that's been going on the last couple of weeks now may be magnified a little bit more. I have some things I'd like to talk to him about. If you have a question for Dr. E, you can certainly drop us a line at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com, and we'll pass that along. For all of us at AccuWeather, for Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, our executive producers, and everyone else as well. I'm Dean DeVore, privileged to represent our hundreds of AccuWeather employees working hard every day to weatherproof your life as much as possible. From the expertise of us here at AccuWeather and around the world, we thank everybody for being a part of everything under the sun. We'll see you next week for Episode 3 of our winter series. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.